What is up, all of my beautiful freaking people? Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. You guys, today's a very interesting episode. We're going to get serious for a little bit. Then we're going to talk about some sex. We're like literally going all over the map in this fun girl talk episode that is also very important. I do want to preface this with we do get into a discussion about the gun issues going on in the U.S. with the recent Nashville shooting. I feel that it is very important to voice these opinions and talk about the fact that we need to do something. What that something is, I might not know or be the best or most educated to speak on, but something has to be done. Um, So we have a very honest conversation with two moms whose kids are going to school in this crazy climate that we are living in, one who is based out of Nashville. So I just want to preface that, that we do get into that for about 10 minutes of the episode today. And thank you guys for trusting me enough to have this platform speak openly about important issues like this. And uh, don't worry, we also top it off with some fun sex conversations um, and some wild out there girl talk. So sit back, grab a cocktail and welcome to FML Talk. Oh my God. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. <gasps> he did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on her Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh, no, she didn't. Okay, y'all, I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode. It was a fun one to record. You all know... Tamin Sursok from Pretty Little Liars. She played the infamous Jenna. So if you watched that show, you know exactly who the fuck she is. She is here today as well as her partner, Roxy Manning. They both host the podcast Woman on Top. Um, They are both moms. They are both in the thick of it, working and having children and doing all the things. Um, I was on a guest on their podcast recently, and it was so much fun. I had such a good chat with them and knew that I wanted to uh, to bring them on here as well. So we're going to get into all the things today, including sex before baby, sex after baby, if they've ever been caught or walked in on. Um, we're going to talk about all of the things. I also want to preface this with a trigger warning for eating disorders. Tamman and I have both gone through our fair shares of eating disorders and recovered from them. So we do talk about that and get into what I feel is a really important discussion about watching your body change throughout pregnancy, if that brings up triggers, what postpartum looked like. So we're really like going all over the map today, but in a really great way. So let's uh, let's bring them on and get into it. Here we go. Hammond, Roxy, welcome to FML Talk. I'm so fucking excited to have you guys here. What is up, ladies? I feel like FML is the perfect <laughs> three letters for the day. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you could not have summed it up any better at this point. We are FML. FML. FML vibing today. So as you guys know from me being on your show, I am newly pregnant. Yes. And you are both mothers. So I working moms. Yeah. I want to get into the working mom life because that's what I'm about to be. Can you guys give just before we start a little intro background for each of you so people know who we're we're talking with today? So my name is Tamin. I was born in South Africa a long, long time ago. <laughs> Many moons ago. So, uh, born in South Africa. I was raised in Australia. I was a child actress. I think in the US, people would know me from the show Pretty Little Liars. I played Jenna, yes. uh, the villain on the show. Let's be clear. When you followed me back on TikTok, I think I made a whole ass video about like the fact that Did you, you really n- now following me on TikTok. I actually yeah, think you DM'd me too. And I read it and I was so excited to DM you back. But as you know, you'll have a kid soon. It was right when I just had a baby. And so like, I was like, I'll get back to her. <laughs> like, I never did. A year, a year later, a year I get a later, message in like, my DMs. That sounds great. <laughs> And I was like, I love oh my it. gosh, she's going to think I'm just such a bitch. But no, I was very excited to hear from you. So Pretty Little Liars, people would know me from, or Hannah Montana. My first show was Young and the Restless, funnily enough, to get a green card. Or if you're from Australia, a big show I was on 
was home and away with Chris Hemsworth was on that show with me. Oh, nice. Lovely guy. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just a, just an actress, just an actress and started a podcast and started content creation about 10 years ago, which has been really incredible for me because, you know, there's so many times you don't get to make movies and make TV shows. And what people don't understand is you make Pretty Little Liars, but you know, then there's years where you're just really not working. So it can feel really depressing and lonely because you're not around anyone and Mm -hmm. soul crushing. So I think content creation, TikTok, Instagram has really been a wonderful tool for me to to be able to continue to create. And then a podcast, Women on Top, where we talk to so many incredible women in all different fields of life has been a great connective tool for me also to meet people. So, so yeah. So that's a little bit of the story. (laughs) It's so interesting too, because you came from, you know, what so many people know Jenna on Pretty Little Liars, like being the villain. And you're fucking hilarious on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a complete polar opposite. And I was wondering where the accent comes from. Now that you say it, I can hear. People are so mad, though. They're mad that I don't have an Australian accent. And then they're mad that I don't have a full American. Well, actually, the Americans aren't mad. They're like, when I speak, people go, oh, it's exotic. So they're happy about it. Right. Australians (laughs) really don't like it. They're like, Every TikTok, read the comments. Where's your accent? Where's your accent? You're not represent American. us. Oh my yeah. god! Why don't you represent? That's I'm ridiculous, like, guys. I've been here for like 17 years on a t- on TV shows where you have to speak in an American yeah. accent. It's not like you just I just arrived and then decided to have an accent. Like I had to speak in one for a very long right. period of time. Yeah, I love it. Well, I think it's beautiful. It sounds wonderful to me. Roxy, go ahead and give us a little little spieldy dealy. Well, I just saddled up from a little town called Dallas, Texas. That is not her accent. Who <laughs> just arrived in Los Angeles because I was like, get me the fuck out. And I came to California and I got like this, you know, like California accent, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God, you guys um, came to college out here at USC and works and lived out here, moved to New York, and then came back to Los Angeles and um, started my sort of entertainment career on the red carpet as a red carpet host. So interviewing, you know, at New York Fashion Week and Paris Haute Couture and the Oscars and you name it. So did that. And I launched my website, redcarpetroxy.com back in like 2009, God, so long ago, but just did that for a long time and worked with various outlets and, you know, really enjoyed that. And then it was kind of, you know, meant to be because Tamman and I met and we decided to start this amazing podcast, Women on Top, where we, like she said, we talked to women of all different you know, walks of life. We talk to men too. So men don't be scared also. <laughs> we, we include you too. Listen to us so you know about women. Yes. 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 That's why they're listening to this show and for the free therapy. Let's be real. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because then they don't have to admit to have to go to therapy, right? It's like they can just listen and get it for free. But yeah, so we launched the podcast in 2019 and, you know, we've just been working our asses off and it's been great. And we really really enjoy it. And um, I'm also a mom to an eight-year-old and married to my husband. So, you know, there's always something going on. I feel like work life, you know, mom life, just all the craziness, but I'm thankful. Yeah, I love it. So let's like dive head fucking first into it, shall we? When you transitioned from just working professional to working professional and child, what were some of the biggest challenges that each of you faced? I think for me, like one of the biggest challenges, and we actually talked about this on our podcast before, is letting go of control because- Mm -hmm. I had such a, you know, self-controlled life. You know, I knew what my schedule was or if I didn't want to have a schedule or if I took this job or that job or, you know, decided to cover this event or what have you. And then having a child, I mean, I think one of the biggest lessons for me to let go of the self-control is the fact that I had to have a C-section because I had Mm. planned on, I'm going to have like a vaginal birth and my recovery is going to be like that. And I'm going to be bounced back right into work and my life and, and doing the whole thing. And wow, was that a wake up call, you know, like first having to have the C-section, which I'm grateful I did. She was healthy, came out, you know, everything was good. But then also like those first few weeks of like, 
realizing that your life is going to be drastically different, you know, whether you're ready or not. And it's kind of like taking those steps. So I think for me, like letting go of so much control was a big, big lesson. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to go through that as well. That's like Mm -hmm. one of my biggest life lessons is to learn how to let go of control. Mm -hmm. It's not lie to you. I think, oh my God, there's so many lessons. I can't even start, but like other moms, well, my therapist said that people judge because they're judging themselves. Mm-hmm. And there's like a lot of mom shaming that goes on. There's, of course, a lot of support. And in the content creation we create, I'm sure you have 99.9% of the people who are so supportive. But then there's those ones that aren't and they really stick with you. It's those, those yeah. that, that judgment. And it's because people are judging themselves for not being a level of perfection that they expect themselves to be. And so Mm -hmm. they judge other people. And I think the biggest lesson that I've learned is like, maybe I, and this is probably very vulnerable to say this, but maybe I judged people too. Maybe I thought I will never give my kid the player, we call it the player, the device. I'll never give the kid like candy, you know, and then you have your child wanting to participate in Halloween Mm-hmm. And you're the a-hole mom who's like, no candy for you. And like all these preconceived ideas about what parenting is and motherhood is just completely isn't what it was for me. And I was telling you this on my podcast, on our podcast, that I really had to look in the mirror and like fix myself mm-hmm. to like get rid of all the noise that was outside me and all the judgment of like what people, you know, so, so much judgment on mothers And just kind of like fix myself and think about like, why do I want to be a mother and what makes me a good mother? And it's so that I can be a safe place Mm -hmm. so I can guide my children and so I can love them fiercely. And I actually don't believe in discipline. I believe in solutions. I believe in figuring out the problem, like what's going on. You know, my daughter is kind of on that level of prepuberty. She -hmm. came home and she was really aggressive. Now, if that had happened to me, I would have just got smacked. <laughs> like, right. I would have just been like, smack, go to your room. Mm. All that does is creates shame in the child. It doesn't, the child doesn't hate you. They hate themselves. Mm. And I used to hate myself. I'd be like, why am I feeling this way? So it's taken a, a lot of work for me to actually take a breath and to regulate myself because it's never the kid's problem, it's your problem. Regulate mm-hmm. myself and sit with my kid and be like, something must have gone on at school today. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like, let's right. talk about what's going on. It doesn't mean that I don't believe in like consequences. I absolutely, sure. when I say I don't believe in discipline, I don't. I believe in consequences. Like, mm-hmm. for example, if she keeps leaving the fridge open, the consequence is she's not going to get her favorite food. It's, you know, if she leaves the fridge open because she's already lost that food because it's gone bad, right? Right. So the consequence starts to happen with the thing itself. And if she goes outside on a bike and I say, no, it's dangerous, it's dangerous, it's dangerous, and she keeps doing it, the bike gets taken away. Mm -hmm. That's just a consequence of something that someone isn't understanding. But it's a long answer to a short question. <laughs> I don't even know if I answered it. <laughs> you did. And that had a lot of really it's good stuff It's kind of in letting it. go of what I thought parenting would be mm. and being the parent. I have great parents, but being the parent that I needed in times mm. that I didn't get that. See, letting go. Letting go is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Letting it all go. comes back to letting go. Summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son and for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. 
Head to factormeals.com slash FMLTalk50 and use code FMLTalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLTalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLTalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. I want to circle back on something that you started that beautiful answer with about parenting makes you look in the mirror and you're forced to fix all your ugly shit. What is, can you give one example of something that stands out to you as to like what that might've looked like for you personally? Like what was one of the things that you were like, Ooh, need to fix that. I have many. (laughs) You're like, bitch, I have a laundry list. (laughs) Um, The first thing that came to mind was, you know, our parents lived in a generation where weight was really a thing. Right. Mm. And so I'm sure most of us, most of the women who are listening to this, watched their mothers, either you knew of a diet or you knew of calories or you knew of them staring in the mirror, sucking in their stomach or whatever that was, they were constantly looking and painstakingly putting down their bodies, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times it was in front of us and they didn't know, they didn't have that sort of awareness. I had an eating disorder when I was probably 15 to 23. I was on a TV show at the time and I was like 80 something pounds and no one said anything about it because it was okay to be that thin, you know, working. Yeah, it's accepted in Hollywood. Yeah, it was totally accepted. So I never talk about weight in front of my kid, even if I still have, do I love my body? I don't know. Mm -hmm. But do I have a better relationship with it? Yes. But I never talk about weight to the point where we talk about food as fuel and certain fuel makes us run faster and other fuel doesn't. We talk it in as the idea of like nutrients. Mm -hmm. But like when we have dinner, we put dessert on the table. We put dessert with the food. Right. So it's not this like, oh my gosh, I need cake after I eat. It's this this feverish obsession. We put mm-hmm. sugar, with, we make her quesadilla, beans, whatever she likes. And we put this half a slice of cake on the plate. Right. And so that's something that I've had to change about this idea of like being thin or looking a certain way mm-hmm. makes you enough. Mm. And, yeah. and it just doesn't. Yeah. So it's so interesting that you, that was the specific, you know, one that you chose to bring up because that was going to be a question I asked further into the episode, but we'll just get into it now. (laughs) I also struggled with an eating disorder throughout high school, a little bit into college. And then, you know, like they go away and you recover, but do they ever really like, they're always kind Mm of looming somewhere within you and those triggers happen. And so when I got pregnant, I was like, fuck, is this going to like totally make me wig out looking in the mirror being like, holy shit, because I'm normally, you know, a gym rat. And after my recovery, have, yeah, you're like, <laughs> buckle up, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've always like, you know, been a gym rat, but have found a better balance in like, you know, just balanced eating going to the gym, not obsessing over it. So I'm interested to hear from both of you, Tam. And I know you posted a TikTok about it recently that really resonated with me, like your whole kind of journey in the industry with an eating disorder. But Roxy, you as well, when after you gave birth, because like, it's one thing to watch your body grow, like I'm five months in and thus far I've been like, mm-hmm. not triggered by anything, but like, you know, my body's obviously changing. I don't feel comfortable in certain clothes, but I can be like, but this is fucking amazing because I'm growing a human. Mm -hmm. But the postpartum of it scares me a bit. So I'm interested to hear from each of you when you pushed your child out and it was like the Mm -hmm. after effects of it. How was that for your mental health and your body image? So I think, as I think said before, you know, we both had C-sections, Tamman and I, and for me, you know, my, the area of my body that I was the least comfortable with was my stomach. Mm -hmm. So after the C-section, you know, it kind of, you know, it, for me, at least it never went back into like the shape Mm -hmm. that it was before, no matter how much, you know, cause I do enjoy exercising too. I'm not as great with my food now. I mean, I have periods of time where maybe I'm a little bit healthier in the way I eat, but I try not to let it get too crazy in my head, you know, but you know, for me, it it didn't go back a hundred percent and that's fine. You know, like, that's fine. It's something I've come to terms with, but I do think it was really tricky in those first, you know, few weeks, months, like after coming home and 
like watching my body kind of go through that change and like see where it was healing, but then see where it wasn't healing. Mm -hmm. And really, because I think I was stretched so thin between like work and, you know, taking care of my child and, you know, trying to do all the things and not having like grandparents locally around, you know, Mm -hmm. we really kind of had to throw ourselves into it. So it didn't leave a lot of time for me to be able to go to the gym or, you know, to kind of like do that self-care, which I wish I had done, you know, and Mm -hmm. we talk about it so much more Mm -hmm. even now than eight years ago, like when our kids were like babies, because it is so important to like really take that time, whatever it is. I mean, if it's going to the gym, if it's, you know, watching a movie, if it's taking a bath, whatever it is. I mean, it that all contributes, I think, to a better mental state of mind, especially in those first few weeks and months when I was not, I don't feel like I was, I mean, I didn't have postpartum depression or anything, but I was, you know, I was very anxious. I was, you know, living kind of very, in a very edgy way, you know, I would go off, you know, if somebody said the wrong thing to me or looked the wrong way at me, my poor husband, like, had to deal with the yelling and like, you know, and it's because your hormones are all over the place. So I think, you know, it's something to like, think about, you know, definitely think about like the self-care, especially in that time. But, you know, I wished I had maybe taken care of myself a little bit better, Mm -hmm. I think, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like during pregnancy or in the post? Like the post. Yeah. Because during pregnancy, I actually had a pretty smooth pregnancy. Like I didn't have a lot of issues. You know, I wasn't, I mean, I had certain aversions to things and, you know, in that way, but for the, like, I was sick the first trimester with morning sickness. But after that, as soon as I hit that second trimester point, I, you know, I felt good. I had energy, you know, I felt, I did feel kind of beautiful. You know, I felt like a little glowing and you know, all those things. So for me, it wasn't so much during the pregnancy as it was right after, you know? Right. Yeah. Got it. Tamman, what about you? That's why you have more than one kid because you <laughs> fix all the things that you did wrong postpartum the first time. <laughs> the first time I was a disaster, ended up going on medication, postpartum, everything, depression, anxiety, couldn't get out of bed, mm. horrific, didn't take mm. care of myself, uh, wasn't eating properly. Second time, I got a sleep nurse, which I highly recommend, Mm. worth every cent. You don't know this, but you'll find out. You actually get so anxious once you've just had a baby because you're worried that they're not going to breathe. Like, you're so worried that something's going to happen. They're going to roll over. They can't breathe. They can't put their head up. Yeah. Trust me, TikTok is already sending me all of this information. It's been (laughs) fucking great. The entire (laughs) time, like, even when you can sleep, you don't sleep. Like, there's no such thing as when people go, you're going to sleep. It's like, sleep when the baby sleeps. You're like, fuck Mm. off. Like, it's not (laughs) real. It's just so not real. Yeah. Plus, you have, like, still your life going on. So the second time I had a night nurse, it was so amazing. She would bring the baby to me, um, my daughter, and I would breastfeed and go back to bed. So I was sleeping for like three hours breastfeed, Mm -hmm. three hours breastfeed, three. I was getting like nine hours sleep and waking up twice. It was so great. I also got food delivered to me, warming foods. You're actually Mm -hmm. postpartum are not supposed to be having things like smoothies. I'm really big into hormones and I live my life in accordance to my cycle. When you've just had a baby, you were supposed to have stews and stir Mm. fries and warming soups and ginger and turmeric and all these healing things, broth, lots of broth. Right. I was a vegan with my second pregnancy and I ate steak after my baby was born because you lose a lot of iron and the best source of iron is actually through red meat. Mm -hmm. I haven't eaten red meat since and she's four, but I I really took care of myself. I didn't leave the bed. There's this great book called The 40 Days Postpartum and -hmm. I didn't leave my bed for almost 40 days. Like, yes, I went to the bathroom. Yes, I, you know, got my daughter dressed for school and played with her, my eldest daughter, but I didn't leave that house for 40 days and it was such a different postpartum and it was Mm -hmm. magic. I stayed in bed with my baby for like a month. And I know a lot of people can't, especially in America. I'm also, you know, I had a husband who was working at the time. So like I'm able to do that. And I understand not all women can. But then that's a conversation and a bigger conversation about like how the hell, like how horribly we treat mothers, especially in the U.S. where you don't get any time off and you're pushed to get your body back and you're pushed to go back into society and you just don't, you don't want to. Like you've just given birth to a human being. You want to be nesting. You want to be at home. And employers are just like, screw ya, you know, like back in two weeks. Like it's just not okay. Like in Australia, I think it's paid leave 
for a year. Wow. Australia, Europe, like anywhere but the US. Like there, I just was looking at this TikTok video and going through the comments and it was about like, what do you pay for daycare wherever you live? Mm -hmm. And everyone from the US was just like, crying over here. Like it's basically like my salary goes to daycare so I can keep my job. And it's like, what's the fucking point? Mm-hmm. When you're basically breaking even, right? Right. Like right. Cost is- yeah. I love America and I love that we're both, we're all dual citizens. I really do love America and I love Australia, but it's really tough being here right now. I just feel like the people are not being taken care of, all different types of people. I feel like there's a lot of hate. There's a lot of love. You go look for the helpers, but yeah, I just don't know what's going on. Mm, You know, I'm in Nashville. The shooting was next next door to my daughter's school and she was on lockdown. Uh, Mm. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, the gun control stuff is a whole separate fucking issue, but Mm -hmm. I remember sitting down and having a conversation with my mom and I was like, I don't want to live here anymore. Like I want to move to Europe. And she was like, it makes me so sad that you feel this way about our country. And I was like, mom, you grew up in such a different time where it was like the land of the free and like all of this amazing stuff was happening. Like it's really bad right now in a myriad of different ways. And like, you're right, like people aren't being taken care of. And it's really devastating to watch and witness and feel like you cannot do anything to fix my kids fix bulletproof the backpacks, bulletproof backpacks that they take to school. And one <sighs> of what there was a school bus and I saw a kid coming off the school bus with a bulletproof vest on. Mm. That's so outrageous. And like, Mm-hmm. It, I it makes me shudder to know like I'm bringing a child into this world and then in a couple of years I'll have to start thinking of like ways to protect him when he's at school mm-hmm. like it, it's it's wild to me that it's come to that without there being a solution like in New mm-hmm. Zealand and look like you know I'm sure some people listening to this because we don't normally get into politics on this show but it's more of like a we've come to a place in our there country where like yeah. something has to be done because like yeah. thoughts and prayers aren't fucking doing it clearly. But I believe it was New Zealand where they had that one big shooting and then in Australia mm-hmm. they outlawed guns and like there hasn't been a problem since. So mm-hmm. it's like, what and are I, we doing yeah. here when it's happening every week? Mm-hmm. It's, and I don't think the guns are ever going to be taken away. And look, if people want to own a gun, whatever. Responsibly, you know. But there are many countries, many that allow their citizens to legally own a gun, which would still be the case here, Mm -hmm. but they have zero gun violence. So why aren't we looking to these countries Mm -hmm. and asking what they're doing right and what we're doing wrong? Yeah, 100%. The semi-automatic weapons put an entirely different spin on things because they're designed to do a lot of damage in a very short amount of time. So yeah. when you've got something like that, and then maybe you have like, you know, a policeman or a policewoman or a guard at school or somebody with like a little revolver or something, it's not much of a, you know, it, it's right. not much of a showdown, right? It's 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 scary. Yeah, like I, I have a lot of friends who are teachers that now the conversation is happening about like, are they going to be trained with guns and sent to school with guns? And they're like, I didn't fucking sign up for this. Like, what mm-hmm. what do you mean I have to go learn how to use a weapon to go and protect children at my place of work where I'm trying to nurture and teach them? And they're 22 years old. Like my teachers are like 24 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're lovely and they're trying to teach my kid math, third grade math. Yeah, but, but they're like, not meant to jump in front of bullets. And also, like, how many accidents are going to happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, oh, Where, the kid accidentally touched the gun. Yeah. Or, God forbid, like, we went on a lockdown and one kid was still outside of the class and came in and the teacher was so freaked that, like, yeah. they just fired. Right. I hope my my husband's okay with me saying this, but we went to a wedding recently and there was a bachelor and bachelorette party first and it was in the south and he went with the guys while we were on our our bachelorette day and they went to a shooting range and he went along with everybody and he had never shot a gun like he was like I've shot blanks on criminal minds like I've never shot an actual weapon and they had AR15s there and he was like I was shaking after I shot it. I didn't want to shoot it again. He's like, my eyes welled up with tears. There is no reason for anyone that's not a soldier in combat to own something this powerful. Like, Mm -hmm. and the fact that people are just walking in to schools 
with that and have access to do that is I just don't understand. Like I get proper, responsible gun safety. And if people want to go through, you know, different classes and health checks to own a gun for safety, like fine. But there has to be a better medium than what we're experiencing in the U.S. right now. And it's not like people are walking around like someone said, well, I want to defend myself. I get that. But if you have your gun, which you don't need a license for like 26 states, by the way, Mm -hmm. um, if you want to have a gun on the street and have it in your pocket, okay, but you're not walking around with an AR-15. So if someone walks around with an AR-15 on the street, what are you going to do? Right. Right. Yeah, there's no real way to defend yourself. I'm glad we're actually talking about it because Mm -hmm. I was so silent for so long. And I just feel like it is my job with the platform that I have and that we have to just do something, just do Mm -hmm. something. And we can't say it. Nothing's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel the same way. It's like this very like weird line. We've done an episode with my really dear friend on having a miscarriage with twins. Mm -hmm. So like, I feel like a responsibility to put out content that doesn't get spoken about enough and needs a voice on certain platforms. And politics is always such a, you know, for lack of a better term, gun shy uh, topic. Mm -hmm. But I feel like my listeners hopefully trust me enough to have like an open dialogue conversation and speak about things like this without going into reaction. Although I remember when Black Lives Matter was going on, I directed a PSA and put it out there. And I had a couple, a handful of people DM me and be like, I didn't know you cared so much about this. Like, I'm not following you anymore. And I was like, you don't need to announce your departure. Like, please leave. Like, (laughs) if you have a problem with me voicing my opinion that all people deserve equal rights, like you can get the fuck off my Instagram. (laughs) Goodbye. I put something on my Instagram that was like, we all need to come together to find a solution. And someone wrote unfollow immediately. I was like... Wait, what? Uh, I know. And it's like, like, it's like the Pocahontas gif where she's just waving goodbye. It's like, you don't need to announce it. Just go. You know, it's, it's so crazy to me. And I think that also in talking about the gun stuff, like, for example, when the Nashville shooting happened, I shared on my platform on my story, the politics guy who was in that district. Mm. Oh, yeah. I think it wasn't he the governor that he's Christmas card. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was his Christmas card. And like all of him and his kids holding holding, giant fucking rifles. And I'm like, this is the problem. Like, Mm -hmm. why are we not more upset about this? And why is no one in our government like doing it? Right. The people are upset. But why is like our government system not doing anything about it? Like, it's it's so devastating to to me. Mm hmm. It all comes down to these big organizations that pump money into these politicians and lobbyists and, you know, it all comes back to the dollar. Yeah. Which is sad. I will say that I'm excited for the next generation who, because like I see all these videos on TikTok and stuff of these like Mm -hmm. 15 year olds and these high school kids that are like preaching to the camera about like how fucked up and wrong all of this is. Like I'm so Mm -hmm. excited for that generation to come up and hopefully make some really positive change in those directions because people are angry and Mm -hmm. and rightfully so, you know? Mm -hmm. It's a scary place when you're a parent, right? It's really scary to think about, like you're saying, we should not have to worry about sending our kids to school. You know, it should be the safest place. In fucking bulletproof backpacks. Mm -hmm. Like what, the fact that that's even a product that they're making and that people are- buying like two two issues with that one it was sold out <sighs> which means there's a need for it number two mm-hmm. they were 350 dollars, which i'm so blessed to be able to wow. even afford that mm-hmm. but the fact that they are so expensive they're feeding off the fear of people which there's a reality to that mm-hmm. and yeah. then they charge that is just unfair mm-hmm. yeah you know and i said to my husband i was like do i buy this it's it's going to cost so much and he's like you'll never forgive yourself if you don't well mm-hmm. yeah you have to yeah mm-hmm. yeah oh my god well my heart goes out to you guys for having to think about that my heart goes out to myself for having to think about that in the future <laughs> like i'm just sorry to any parents that live in that fear there's no like easy way to get out of this conversation but i'm very glad we have it so we're just going to make a fucking hard left (laughs) and just like the car into a different section right now because i would like to talk to you both about sex Um, sex before before baby after baby yeah guns Guns. and alcohol Uh, everyone at home listening to this is like oh my god gabrielle (laughs) sorry guys here we are so I guess let's start with the question, how has your sex lives 
with your, not to get too personal with your husband's <laughs> change. Oh, we get personal on our <laughs> yeah. oh, podcast. Like I, I love it. That's the only way to be. Um, don't call is, it women on top for nothing. Exactly. Right, right. <laughs> so let's put you on top. What has been the biggest change in your sex life with your husband's from pre-baby to post-baby? They're like, yeah. which one's going to answer <laughs> first? I'm ready to go, but I'm giving Roxy the mic before I just jump in. But I got a lot to say. She got a lot to say. I think for me, well, definitely pre-pregnancy, it was like game on anytime, you know, do it on the couch, do it in the kitchen, do it in the bedroom. You know, just you're a lot more free, I should say. You've got the time, you've got, you know, the space, you've got, you know, you don't have little feet pitter-pattering down the hallway. So I think it's it's a much more freer type of sex. It's it's easier. I feel like now that our daughter's in school during the day, that's also mm-hmm. like a time that can be used for sexy times. I mean, I would say at the beginning of the pregnancy, I was, you know, especially in that first trimester when I was so sick, I was like, oh, can yeah. we like put a pin in this and like wait? And then once the energy came back, then I was definitely more sexual during yeah. that time. I mean, I would, and then right after the baby was born, I was like, uh, hell no, hell no, not happening right now. You know, cause you just, I, for me, at least I didn't feel in my body after well, sure. having the right, like, and I certainly didn't feel like, you know, after recovering from major surgery of C-section and, you know, I wasn't really so feeling sexy at the time. Yeah. And to be honest, it took me a little while to actually feel like a, not the same version of sexy that I felt before I had a kid, but like kind of comfortable enough where it wasn't like such a thing that played in right. my mind, you know, like it kind of took a minute to get there. And I mean, I think now it's, you know, I mean, we're older now, you know, by almost a decade. So it probably isn't as crazy as we once were, but I think it's still really good. And I still love to connect and, you know, so it's nice to have those moments, but you do have to be careful when the little ones are around because we've had, you know, an experience where, you know, we almost got caught or got pretty much caught at the end. So I, I've heard horror that. stories. Um, <laughs> my cousin, I won't say which cousin, but she'll oh. know because she listens to this show. <laughs> hey, girl. Hey, was like, yeah, dude, one time my well, she's OK. I can't say too much because I don't ruin it. But uh, she was like, yeah, he was he was going down on me and eating me out. And uh-huh. our kids straight up just like walked up and like he popped his head up and we were like, uh, hi, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> like the most awkward and vulnerable position you could possibly <laughs> fucking be in. And I'm like, God, I like, worst I when it's your one of your parents do that to you. Oh my God. Oh, that would, be I think that's worse. That's happened. Oh, that's right. It happened to you, Tamman, right? That's all I'll say. And next one. <laughs> and we will move on. Um, yeah. And my dad does not remember any of it. So thank God. Yeah. You're like, because he blocked it out. From yeah. He, just, he actually existence. had a, he actually just uh, went into a coma. I mean, oh my God. <laughs> that's like a position you cannot talk your way out of too, because that's like, at least with sex, like if somebody's on top of you or there's like, a front and behind kind of a thing like you can kind of make up a story about that but like getting eaten out is no. a whole different game yeah yeah how do you even so, what do you say yeah yeah it's not it's like what daddy was checking my <laughs> pipes and had yeah. to look at <laughs> me like me what we lost, I needed? we lost something <laughs> lost mommy's earring <laughs> We talk about on the, I've talked about this all the time. I've had a high sex drive my whole life. So I would like to have sex once every two days, probably two, three days. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a high sex drive, but you know, obviously that doesn't happen because we're exhausted. But I think my biggest issue is like, because our sex life has always been wonderful. It's that because it's less frequent, I need to work on my own triggers that like, he doesn't like me. I know that sounds weird, but like, you know, I will offer it up more than probably most women do and Mm -hmm. my feeling is rejection it's not rejection it's just that he's exhausted and he's directing a movie coming home like he's Mm -hmm. no pun intended um and he (laughs) just wants to go to bed because he can't even see straight and there I am like you know lay on top of me yeah so then it's just me really working on my own 
feeling enough. And I remember the first time he rejected me post baby, I went into a such a spiral. I was like, mm-hmm. you have to have sex with me. I like lost my mind. Right. And it was just because I didn't feel like I was sexy anymore. And my body mm-hmm. was kind of all messed up. And, you know, I just wanted someone to love me in that moment. And he just didn't, it's really sexy when you're like, sex. <laughs> do it now sure and I need huge, you to come. I'm sure that's, yeah, huge turn on. I'm like, ask for me now. <laughs> Poor guy was like, no, I'm just scared of you. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, I um, think it's just feeling like, like he still loves me even if he doesn't always want to have sex. Yeah. No, and mm. I think that a lot of people resonate with that even when they're not pregnant or post baby. Like rejection is sometimes... And it, that's the wrong word. It's not rejection. It's like people are human and they're like, I'm not in the mood or I'm tired. It has nothing to do with you as mm-hmm. a person, but we take it personally. I am now in the second trimester and can confirm that like the first trimester having sex was like, mm. get your sandpaper dick out of my vagina. <laughs> yeah. Like I fucking hate this. Like it's second miserable. Good. Whilst, I was like, whilst also throwing up at the same time. You know, right. Right. Like, Let me like, vomit. <laughs> like, yeah, it was, it was not fun. It was like once a week. And that was like, you know, you do it when I tell you that where it's going to happen. The second trimester, like my husband walked in a couple days ago and was like, I feel like my dick is going to fall off. We've had sex like the past five days straight. Like I, <laughs> what's Pregnancy going on? Pregnancy sex is amazing. Oh my God. It's like a whole mm-hmm. new, like your fucking nipples are oh. so much more sensitive. Mm-hmm. It's like a whole new thing. I'm I would not... get pregnant just so I could have sex again. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. You're like, this is why we should have a third baby. That's Seriously, the... I just want, I'm like, I don't care about the kid. I just want to have sex <laughs> for nine months. You're like, that's the pitch to my husband who doesn't yeah. necessarily want a third kid. You're like, look, don't you want all the pregnancy sex again? Yeah. <laughs> he does not. Imagine that. We're already, he's already rejecting me at least twice a week. You think he wants more of it? I said to him, I was like, look, a third baby. I know it's not, you know, I know, I know I definitely want the baby because it's not like pregnancy is fun for me. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> love being pregnant. You will like rub up on anything. I was like, yeah, that's oh true. Oh my God. <laughs> like you thrive being pregnant. Okay. I I'm, interested. I'm, I'm interested because I'm always interested to ask this question to people who have a high sex drive. And then Roxy, you can answer after. Are you the type of woman that can just like hop on a dick and have an orgasm or do you need like assistance with like a toy? (laughs) Hop on Um, a dick. I didn't think I would hear that today. That was not what I thought. Gun control, hopping on dicks. Like it's FML talk. Welcome (laughs) to the party. That is the (laughs) podcast episode title. We've done, we've done episodes on here and I always say like, I'm one of the women that needs a vibrator or some type of extra assistance other than just a mm-hmm. penis to climax and that like 70% of all women like need some type of assistance. So I'm always curious when people are like, I have such a high sex drive, if you are in the 30% or the 70%. Well, remember mm-hmm. I live my life according to my hormones. So there is about 10 days where most women can actually orgasm very easily. It's probably around day, Ooh. I'd say 10 to day like 20. That's when like you have a lot of fluid, you don't need a lot of time. There's something called thermescence, which is when you actually, an orgasm starts with the brain for women, starts with, you know what, hop on a, hop on a thing. Um, it starts down there for the man. But for oh women, God. it starts with the brain. So something called thermescence, if you start thinking about sex or if your mm. husband starts saying sexy things to you way before you're actually having sex, you you right. will orgasm a lot faster. I know within that 10 days that I can do things like quickies in five minutes and two minutes. And I know it's not, I'm not going to need any help. When you say assistance, I don't, I never charge. Now that's all chargeable. I never find the time to charge my vibrator. And I also lose the charger. I'm always losing the charger. I had to literally go get two. I was like, oh, this is too hard. But when you say, do I need assistance? There are certain days, especially like when you have your period, you actually think that there's a lot of fluid down there. It is, but it's also a lot drier that you do need a lot more foreplay. So for me, it's not like assistance. It's more the times in the month where it's drier because that's just hormonally where you are, Mm. there needs to be more foreplay. So I kind of let Sean know, and that's the good thing about knowing your body. It's like, this is not one of those times where it's like two minutes. So, right. right. And it will never be like, no matter what I use, um, an orgasm will also be a lot better if you don't in those times where you need more foreplay, if you lead into it. And Mm. the thing about 
thermescence or what they call edging is like when you are you having foreplay, if you get really close and then you stop, get really close mm-hmm. and you stop, get really close. I know it can feel like seem annoying, but it actually makes the experience a, a lot bigger better. Orgasm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A way bigger orgasm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't have studied any of this, by the way. <laughs> I was going to say, like, <laughs> like, I wish I had the time and patience to like sync my workups and my sex life at like up to my hormones. But like, it's just but you'll it's know exhausting if you start me. writing it, if you start writing it down or have an app or whatever, you'll start to know. I don't suffer depression. I'm always depressed on eight, nine and 10 of my cycle. Oh, that fails. Like clockwork. Interesting. Okay. Good to know. Roxy, what about you? So for me, I definitely don't have as much sex as Tamman, I would say. I don't think any of us are having as much sex as Tamman, clearly. Oh my gosh, I'm only having like twice a week, guys. You're the one who said it was like every two two, two times a day. It's like a waterfall over there. (laughs) No, but it's for me. I think for me, I like to have multiple orgasms like within one session or what have you. So I do like to have like a vibrator or like a, you know, like an extra hand or, you know, whatever. Whose hand? Uh, right? <laughs> well, Whose hand. extra hand? <laughs> I like, Roxy, make him... why are you holding my hand? <laughs> <laughs> I got to make him work too, you know? But, but yeah, so, so I like to do that. You know, I like to kind of like pack a lot in, I guess, like to the one session so that it lasts me, you know, like it lasts me a little while. But I do like yeah. to have assistance i do like to have like a vibrator or you know a hand or something like that or see the thing is though this is more like i don't think you can really do this i've tried like in the shower mm-hmm. it's not good because it, for some yeah. reason oh, i it, hate the shower yeah no, the shower it's like bend over get it done with do your thing yes. let me know when i can come back up like yes which is yeah. so unfortunate because the shower head is so lovely like the hand is it one. <laughs> I know a lot of people talk about that, but I'm like, as an assistant, it's kind of like just annoying. (laughs) Oh my God. It can actually be quite a good assistant, but the problem is for some reason, it's not like as never taking a shower at your house. Yes. You think all the water's (laughs) coming in. (laughs) I'm going to your house tomorrow. I'm not getting in your freaking gym. Do you have a bath? You better get in there and use that hand. You have a bath? Oh my God. I'm dead. You better have a bath. I swear to God. I'm checking oh my God. it out. Ladies, <laughs> I feel like we have covered so many fucking topics under the sun. Um, I want, before I let you guys go, can you please give us a little bit of info on the podcast and then each of you drop your uh, social medias so people can come and find you and check everything out. Yes, please come and listen to our extended episode of this <laughs> on Women on Top. You can't miss it. It's wherever you get your podcast, but I'm breastfeeding on the cover and Roxy's <laughs> drinking cocktails. So. Pretty okay. much sums like, up our lives. Yeah, and Love she's it. got a t-shirt on that says family is sacred. So um, <laughs> we talk about everything. There's literally nothing that we don't talk about. We have great guests on, so including you. Yeah. And we are Women on Top Official on Instagram, Women on Top Podcast on Facebook. And what's our TikTok, Roxy? It is Women on Top Official on TikTok, which... Yeah has been fun yes it's been to fun to get going yeah and i'm at tamon sursock and i think tiktok is at official tamon sursock and i gotta post more i gotta get to that mill i'm close I'm really <laughs> close guys so follow me <laughs> you know it's a it's a hustle it's a hustle yes yes <laughs> yes and i am red carpet roxy with a y on instagram and facebook and all the things except tiktok where i am roxy manning r-o-x-y M-A-N-N-I-N-G-0-1. I just I had to mix it up there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. And I have to say, I have to say, because I never do this, I never get to, because it happens so infrequently, but my new movie is out this weekend. Yay, what is it? I'm so excited. It's called Blood, Sweat, and Cheer. It's like, think of Cheer, the show with like, wild Blood. things cross between election i kill a few people love that for you it just came out on tubi which is free so it's a new free netflix they say so everyone has the opportunity to watch it and it's crazy and it's very jenna like i'm wild and also funny I hope. oh my god how fun <laughs> I <hope. laughs> oh i can't wait to see it i love it that's so fun yay everybody yeah. go check that out thank you guys for being here and I appreciate the candor and the openness and uh, we'll chat with you guys soon. Thank you. Bye.
I want to thank Tamin and Roxy so much for coming on and opening up in such great ways uh, on FML Talk with me today. Make sure you guys go check out their podcast, Woman on Top. They're having a lot of really great conversations over there. And uh, I just love both of their sense of humors and wit. It was a wildly fun chat for me to have today. I also want to say I am going on this new journey, obviously, of pregnancy. And I know that a lot of you that listen to the show are moms or have your own kids. I do always try and be as open with you all as I possibly can. And I, I want to bring you on this part of my journey with me, just like I have on all of the ones up until now. I am not an expert on anything like at all, not even heartbreak and self-love. Well, maybe that now after, you know, all the shit that I've been through. But I am always just speaking from an open and honest space of how I am feeling in the moment. My word is not God and gold. You never need to like take what I what I say and think that that's the only option. I'm always just sharing my opinions and perspectives and my journey with you guys to uh, to go on it with me. So take it for what it's worth. If it resonates with you, I'm so glad. If it doesn't, be like, fuck Gabrielle. I don't need to, I don't need to take that piece of advice with me. And you're totally, totally valid for saying that as well. Again, thank you guys for hanging with us during, you know, some of the more important issues that we needed to talk about on this episode. I feel like as a creator um, and someone who puts content out there, we're always kind of towing this line of, am I going to offend someone? Are people going to not want to listen to the show anymore if I say this? And it's come to a point where it's like, I'm, I'm fucking over it. You know, you have to show up authentically, show up to speak about what you believe in, to give a voice to people who don't necessarily have it, to bring important issues forward. And I will always do that on this show. Um, so I thank you guys for being here and supporting me and loving me through it all. I will see you next week. All right, FMLers, if you don't want to miss an episode, make sure to follow on your favorite podcast app. And if you're loving the show, drop us a five-star rating and leave a review. You can keep up with me on Instagram at Gabrielle Stone or the podcast page at FML Talk Podcast. For all the merch and books signed personally by me, you can shop the FML line on eatpreyfml.com. And as always, have a fucking self-love cocktail on me. Cheers. Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.